is set. Here we are. Hello and welcome to the Extraordinary Expletive. You got your boy J Dubs over here on the mic. Kenny G's on this side. We almost switched it up this week, but we decided we should stay in our original positions because it's weird when you switch things up. And last time we recorded, which has been two weeks now, we were all over the place because we had impromptu David Busco come on. So. Yeah, not to mention um, life gets in the way, man. Um, I've got a lot of things going on right now as like in pertain to um, I am currently going for my CDL. So I'm going through training in the morning, and then I also have to try and think about, oh, my God, I got my test coming up on Wednesday. What am I going to do? Blah, 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 blah. So it's nice to have a day to just chill out. Um, today in particular, <clears throat> uh, I was a little little bit intoxicated. Um, Kenny came to save me. <laughs> Kenny came to save me, and he uh, he took me to go get coffee, which is amazing as a friend. Um, cheers to that. Cheers to you. We're supposed to be drinking Edmund Fitzgerald Porter, but Josh cannot drink beer. Right uh, no, 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 no. Don't say that. We will. Well, I, I am. It's it's In case nobody knows, it's the uh, 44th anniversary of the sinking of the Edmund Fitzgerald, which was a barge uh it's the largest ship to ever sink in the great lakes and it sank on november 10th 1975 and they did uh gordon lightfoot wrote a song about it which he considers like his best song he ever made or something but that's how i actually originally found out about it and then i saw that great lakes brewery out of cleveland ohio makes a uh edmund fitzgerald porter so i bought a six pack of it i'm not actually trying to um um you know um What's the word? Enlighten, uh, heavy drinking or whatnot. <clears throat> but that's actually something to think about. Uh, the word you just said was um, on the Great Lakes? It was the largest ship on the Great Lakes to ever sink. Okay, okay, okay. So that's what blew my mind when I thought about it. On the Great Lakes, if you think about that, that's um, that's a body of water surrounded by the Americas. Aside from Canada on the other side. Canada's you know I mean? on, well, Canada's on one side. <sighs> the U.S. is on the other. It's the greatest uh, freshwater. So greatest so how did that battle come about? I know this is completely different from anything we've ever, ever talked about. But What um, battle are you talking about? Excuse me? What battle are you talking about? The one you were just talking about. There was no battle. It well, was, then why did it sink? Because there was a storm. Oh, well, then... Proceed. <laughs> it was, there was a storm. They said the uh, it was like a hurricane-like condition on the lakes. There were, there were waves that were like 35 feet. Just a crazy fucking storm happened, and it sank. Oh, my God. It was so barge. here I am over on the other side. You're like Canada and America went to war. Dude, once. fucking <laughs> Canada's upset about something. <laughs> no, it was going to Detroit. And that was gonna go Maple back to syrup should be cheaper than that. Um, no, today, actually, we're going to just talk about uh, the 90s as a whole. And music, because it was something I said in one of our first episodes when we were talking um, about genres. Like, 90s just became a genre, and, like, decades become genres after a few years, you know. Uh, by 2005, you're like, what do you like? I like 90s music. Oh, okay, what is that? Well, that's the Spice Girls, but it's also Nirvana. So, no, yeah, yeah, there's a lot more in 
there's a lot of there's yeah when you say i like 90s music there's a lot in there now there's always like a consensus like if you're like uh what's third eye blind oh that's 90s music well what's the cranberries that's 90s music a lance more set 90s music i disagree with that <clears throat> i feel exactly where you're coming from i never actually thought about that until today that's a uh, i'm i'm glad you brought that up um Third Eye Blind, nineties. Uh, Alanis Morissette, nineties. No, dude. Yeah, there's there's a specific genre that they should be thrown in. Right, but if you turn it to like your Sirius XM, like nineties nation, it's like, all right, here's music from the nineties. Here's Spice Girls. Here's Alanis Morissette. Here's, you know, yeah, Backstreet yeah. Boys. Why are they well, all clumped into one? Well, yeah, but it's because I, I think a lot of it too. Um, so if you look at the eighties. A lot of 80s music, whether it's hair metal or pop, is uh, like characterized with like overproduction, I would say. There's a lot of overproduction, and there's also like a high use of like the synthesizer. You know, you think of a song like Girls Just Want to Have Fun, like that, like it's all a synthesizer. Whereas in the 90s, a lot of that got stripped back. Like, if you listen to like a lot of Alanis Morissette stuff, it's a lot of acoustic guitar. Um, even and then nirvana was on the other spectrum of that where they they kind of were the rebel you know they had the look of like hey we're going to wear ripped jeans and flannels and we're going to have long hair we're going to be this rebellious kind of you know youth no on the other even, the even overproduction like uh elaborate on that like i don't i don't understand what you mean by that well, if you listen to, like, uh, think of a lot of stuff that, like, Aerosmith did in the 80s, or even the stuff that, are, like, hair metal bands, think about how, like, the drums are recorded, like, where they have that real high echo Okay, on the yeah, like, and everything. I keep thinking about, like, Def Leppard, like, <sighs> like, yeah. just, just uh, that added yeah, they, they, not drum noise they they fill one for the sound you know that they, they add that stuff in recording they're like okay let's just uh let's add echo to that whereas in the 90s everything was more stripped down even you look at stuff like weezer think about how many like weezer songs off their first album had the acoustic guitar you know like songs like my name is jonas and uh the sweater song stuff like that you have that acoustic sound and that's really like kind of the birth of like alternative music. It was it was the alternative to uh, what had been. It was more stripped down. <clears throat> um, I'd already mentioned Lance Morissette a few uh, a few times already, and we've only been going for like ten minutes. But uh, the way Jagged Little Pill was recorded, everything was kind of tuned back in the production. Okay. See now, I really, I really liked uh, this. is This is a cool conversation because I really, I really do like Alia. I, I, I love Jagged, Jagged Little Pill, Pill, dude. I do love. Jagged I Little love Pill. it. Did you like, know that her her drummer for Jagged Little Pill is the current drummer of the Foo Fighters? No. There you go. He <clears throat> was he was actually touring. This is weird. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, go he ahead. He was touring with Alanis Morissette, and then he was playing with. Uh, I saw like an interview. He he played like a few a little bit with the Foo Fighters. So they were like transitioning like drummers and stuff. And Alanis Morissette even said to him, she said, so what are you going to do whenever Dave asks you part of the band? And he's like, oh, no, that's not going to happen. He's never going to ask me part of the band. And, you know, so it actually turned out uh, whenever they did their second album, The Color and the Shape, they actually had to re-record all the tracks because the old drummer, <clears throat> they basically, they basically like, Dave told the, dr the current drummer, the Foo Fighters at the time, he said, you're not ready for, you know, this is our make or break. This is our second album. We need to do something. And you're not ready for that. So... You, you need to try and get better, and he just decided he was going to leave the band. Dave, Dave Grohl didn't kick him out, but he basically... 
He left on his own terms. He, he was like, "You kind of need to leave the band because you're not you're not ready to perform like this." So then he <laughs> asked the uh, he asked the Lance Morissette's drummer uh, Taylor Hawkins. He asked Taylor. He was like, "Hey, will you come be our drummer?" And he was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Are you sure?" Because you know Lance Morissette's the biggest singer right now. Are you sure you want to come do this? He's like, "Yeah." And he's been the drummer for the Foo Fighters ever since. <clears throat> okay, this is what fucks me up. Um... Pat Smear was also the guitarist for the, the original guitarist for the Foo Fighters. He was a touring guitarist for Nirvana for their third album. Earlier today, <coughs> uh, actually last last night, roughly about six p.m., um, <laughs> Dave and I were talking, and I uh, ran downstairs to go tell him about the um, the skunk that I had um, shot with a crossbow. Shot with a crossbow. And got off of our property And um, he's like hey come here for a second And I was like alright And he's like listen to this And I was like alright And he goes this is the drummer for the Foo Fighters And he's singing And it's his solo project I cannot tell you the band name um, By any means Devin Hounsen Project <laughs> My phone's over there Honestly if you look it up dude um, Dave showed me the Two days ago, man, and the guy who <laughs> apparently used to play in Alanis Morissette is now doing his own solo project. And um, I listened to them, and it was very Floyd esque, like very Pink Floydy um, kind of jam band, like you know, sixties, seventies style kind of shit. And I was like, "Wow, man!" He's like, "Yeah, dude, this is the uh, the drummer for the Food Fighters." And now that you're telling me this, that he used to play for Alanis Morissette, like, um, what's the word? Like, I don't know. Like, the roots go far, dude. Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders. Yes. Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders. <clears throat> yes. Oh, that brings, uh, grins. Yeah. Um, but the 90s, too, were, were big because that's where you really saw, like, that's whenever you had the splintering of genres, too. That's whenever what used to be rock was now ten different things. Uh, uh, really, a lot of alternative. Um, the Smashing Pumpkins, I think, were, were big in shaping alternative music as a whole. Because uh, some people say Smashing Pumpkins are grunge. I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't. Because I feel like the Smashing Pumpkins kind of came in with like an armful of stuff. And they just you listen, set it down and like, hey. You can hear a song like Bullet with Butterfly Wings. It doesn't really sound like Zero that much. And that song doesn't sound anything like today or tonight. Tonight, they they all sound different. And I mean, even melancholy and infinite sadness. That's a two disc CD. It's stupid. There's like twenty eight songs on that, but they all kind of sound different. And they they all gave their their own little thing. And I mean, credit to Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan's one hell of a musician, and Billy Corgan's so talented. Or if you watch NWA Power on YouTube, which is a wrestling show every week he's william corgan now yes um i actually know <laughs> sir william corgan the third i noticed it because i i'm a big wrestling fan and i was watching uh the nwa on youtube and uh it was like executive producer william corgan and i'm like when the fuck did he become he's always been billy who the fuck is william corgan remember whenever billy corgan had hair he had like the long curly hair no me neither no, no he did no, it was a joke. Like, oh. hey, do you remember when Billy Corgan had hair? Like, no, me neither. <clears throat> no, a lot. Well, everyone just remembers Billy Corgan being bald, but <clears throat> yeah, yes. whenever they did their like first album, he uh, 
like for the picture, he has like long curly hair, and it just looks weird on him. <laughs> you're not used to seeing him. Like I don't. That. I don't remember that. God. It's actually odd. Take it away for a minute. I'm gonna show you. A okay. Picture. Okay. Uh, since we're taking it away, so we're we're talking about um, you know, um, wrestling and whatnot. Can we talk about your shirt? My Owen three sixteen shirt. Yes. This is this is off topic, guys. I'm sorry. Um, I feel like we have come to a point right now where, okay, we feel like music is going to get us so far, but we want to talk about other things that are interesting to you. Uh, just shit in the world that's interesting, but check this out. Owen 316, okay? Everybody knows Awesome 316. Everybody knows... Uh... Take that in for a minute. <laughs> That's Billy Corgan. That's Billy Corgan with the long hair. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Austin three sixteen. Um, I thought it was Kurt Cobain. Austin three sixteen was a thing, but uh, Owen Hart uh, accidentally. What is it? Everybody knows John three sixteen. Right. Right. Okay. So let's touch on well, three sixteen in general. That only with can... with Austin three sixteen. It means he would finish any man. In three minutes and sixteen seconds, right? No, it didn't. He. Um, what does that mean then? Maybe uh, I'm okay. I'm fucked up. Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, so Stone Cold was feuding with Jake the Snake Roberts, and Jake the Snake Roberts um, is uh, was a huge alcoholic. You know, he relapsed all the time, and he he fucking he wrestled uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. He beat him. He won King of the Ring, and he came up, and they were like, Stone Cold, do you have any word to say? He said, he's like. Oh, he said, you're always, oh, God, what's the Bible verse? You just said it. John 3.16. Yeah. He's like, you're always talking about John 16 saved your life. Well, Austin 3.16 just kicked your ass. He's like, now go get that man a cheap bottle of Thunderbird. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I always thought, like, dude, I swear to God, in everything I've read, it was um, Austin 3.16 meant that, like, he would finish any man in the ring in three minutes and 16 seconds or less. No, it's because he said, you know, Jake the Snake, you're a horrible alcoholic, and you, you talk about John 16, well, Austin 316 just kicked your ass. Now go get that man a cheap bottle of Thunderbird, which is like a Mad Dog 2020 like, yeah. thing. And then, um, yeah, that, that's what it was. I had no idea. That's what Austin 316 came from. Yes! Yeah, I know. It's so much. Well, Owen Hart ended up, he was wrestling Austin. He gave him a power driver, and he ended up breaking Austin's neck. And he, to, they kind of like played the storyline like he was proud of it. So he made these shirts that said Owen 316, and on the back it says, I just broke your neck. Now, I don't know if we can actually play this, so we're just going to talk about it. But Kenny showed me this right before we actually talked about it. I was like, dude, we should we should probably discuss this. This is a big deal. But uh, uh, Owen Hart actually gave him a pile driver and... I mean, like, Stone Cold's neck literally was, like, at a 90-degree angle. It was, yeah. you know, and um, yeah, his, you Yeah, whenever said, he gave the power driver, his head, if you watch the slow motion, his head is, like, three inches below his thighs. So whenever he smacked him down the mat, his neck just compressed. And he ended up breaking his neck, and he was actually paralyzed for a, a small amount of time. But they didn't know they didn't know what to do, so Owen just kind of, like, walked around the ring and gloated, like, yeah, I'm so good, while Austin's, like, trying to fucking move. Because he's, you know, partially paralyzed. And uh, he just did, like, a shitty roll-up to win. So how did Austin, or how did Owen end up back on the ground? He literally just walked by him, and Austin just, like, kind of grabbed his leg and, like, rolled him up, like, really shittily. Kind of Orange Cassidy. Yeah, just... just 
I'm surprised you know who Orange Cassidy is. I've been keeping up on it, dude. <laughs> I love Orange Cassidy. He's he's pretty sweet. Yeah. But um. So anyway, so so Owen ends up back on the ground, and then Austin. He just rolled him up. Kind of rolls up on him and. Yeah, he just like kind of like pulled him down to the ground, like rolled him over, but it's it's really bad. Okay, now I'm not trying to like promote here, but the the amount of effort it takes to to stay to character there, you know what I mean? All right, bro, I just got paralyzed, but I'm still tapping your ass out. Right, <laughs> but like I mean? it's even it was even like after he gave him the power driver, he like still like oh and just heart just like he said something to him, he's like oh shit, I just broke your neck. He just like got up, he's like yeah, he's finished, he's done, and he walked around and started gloating to buy time because he didn't really know what to do. But he had Holy to stay in shit. character and be like, man, fuck this guy. I'm going to win. Like, yeah. So, I mean, sh- <clears throat> shout out to both, though. Because, like, Steve Austin-wise. Shout out like... to Disturbed for doing Stone Cold Steve Austin's fucking <laughs> a version of Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme song in the early 2000s. Oh, wow. I can't even. I can't even. They really did. They took the Austin sound. They they really did do a cover of Stone Cold's theme song. No shit. Yeah. Wow. This took it. This this took a turn for. It's back whenever Disturbed was like the biggest band in the world, like in the whenever like the sickness just came out. It's the greatest shit you've ever heard. Two thousand three, something like, yeah, something like that. So let's go back though. So what's? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just we had to talk about it. I don't know. I've always seen the Austin three sixteen and of course John three sixteen shirts. I was like, what the fuck does this mean? Oh, it means Austin 316 just kicked your candy ass. Now let's go get you a cheap bottle of Thunderbird. Oh, my God. I never (laughs) knew that. So Owen 16 is... Jake the Snake Roberts, though, he's clean now. It took him, you know, like 20 years to get clean, but he's finally clean. But for a long time, he was just a horrible alcoholic and, you know. No, I just had seen a thing. Um, The guy who used to... Um, do the WWE announcements. I can't remember the fucking exact. Justin Roberts? I can't remember, dude. And it's bugging me. Jim Ross? He used to be the guy who also threw the beers to Stone Cold. Oh, I don't know who that was. Oh, my God. It's pissing me off. I can't remember right now. Um, I I don't want to sound like a dumbass, but uh, I think he just recently retired uh, this year. But he used to be the guy who used to announce um, their coming outs, and <laughs> he used to actually be the guy who would chuck the beers to Stone Cold. Props to that guy, because you ever seen how far he chucked some of those beers? Have you ever seen? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> he chucks them like 30 feet. Yeah, He dude, chucks them like 30 feet. And all 30 things. yards even. Just, you know? Yeah, and Stone Cold gets like fucking three dribbles of beer because he fucking takes a can, smashes them, and just dumps them on his face. I'm like, I was like... Hey, he's 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 in the workplace and he's drunk right now. Yeah, he's chugging. they're like perfect spirals, though. They're I like, know. like it's how it, you would imagine a beer being thrown to you. Like, guy just reaches his hand up, smack. It just and you hits see it. stuff too. You're like, what's Stone Cold? Oh, he's drinking Miller Genuine Draft tonight. Like, you know, MGD. Yeah, I always thought it was Bush. Sometimes it is Bush. It just is depends it? on the day. Okay, okay. If you look, it's always different beers. I never noticed that. <laughs> Stone Cold's <laughs> just smashing them and drinking them. The 90s, dude. What's Weird a, time. Yeah. I mean, wrestling is more popular than it's ever been in the 90s. It's not even that popular today. On a Monday night, an average of like 10 million people were watching pro wrestling. Today, it's like two. Yeah, I remember being a kid and like, 
shit, dude. Monday Night Raw was like the thing. Yeah, the, like WWF had a few soundtracks, and they had like WWF the music. They had like five or six volumes because back then, back then in the nineties too, they were like, now that's what I call music, Volume One. And now we're on like, now that's what I call music, Volume Sixty Five. Yes. At the same time, too, um, video games are getting really popular. Uh, I remember playing WWE Raw, or excuse me, WWF back then. Yeah. It was uh, uh, 95, I think. Maybe even 98. Yeah, I want to say later than that, because it was uh, on the N64. I remember playing, like... No Mercy and stuff. And Yeah. The, the, the one thing, too, is the 90s saw, like, a big crossover with wrestling and music. Um, the Insane Clown Posse actually had stints in WCW and WWF, where they were actually wrestling. The Misfits with Mike with uh, Michael Graves, unfortunately, that you know, the shitty Misfits, they were in WCW for a while. And Kiss actually uh, appeared on an episode of WCW Nitro where they introduced a new wrestler, the Kiss Demon. It was okay. a dude, it was a dude who came out like he came out of a coffin and he had face paint. He looked he looked like a member of Kiss, but he was the demon. Kiss just seems like somebody who should be on WCW. Kiss Kiss, be is, just, Kiss is one of those bands where it's like Gene Simmons is like, Can I make money off of it? Okay, I'm gonna fucking do it. Yeah. Like, hey, like Don Bagdaro. You guys was, wanna sell fake tongues? Don Bagdaro is buried in a Kiss casket. It's an official Kiss casket. Yeah, yeah. Um Which is <laughs> weird. So what's but, like one of yeah. well, we're like we're, we're just, way off topic here. We're I mean, talking. We're about, still talking about nineties. We're though. talking about the nineties in general now. God, pogs. Here we are. Talk. Giga pets. <laughs> you, you started out like, "Hey, we don't want to classify the nineties as the nineties." No, I no, are. I do want to classify yeah. it as the nineties because I think like whenever if you're like, "Hey, I want to put on some nineties," I expect to hear anything that reminds me of like being a kid. Like one of my favorite songs, fucking growing up, was "Hold My Hand" by Hootie and the Blowfish. I fucking love Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah. I was talking when people to Kalini like, the other night. Darius Rucker. I'm like, fuck that. I was like, That's there's Hootie. no way you can hear Darius Rucker on the radio and not compare him to Hootie and the Blowfish. And that led us into the conversation, even going, like, I guess further back than that, but like Bob Seeger and the Silver Bullet Band. Like, <laughs> uh, Kalini goes, he goes, how do you think you would feel to be one of the Blowfish? You know what I mean? He like, probably didn't have here's it. here's Hootie in the Blowfish. Like you're not, you're well, not Darius Rucker. Darius Rucker is not even supposed to be Hootie. It's I just, get it. It's just some stupid name they thought of. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. It's not even like like that wasn't his stage name. That was just some stupid name they thought of. Hootie and <laughs> the Blowfish. I didn't know that. Yeah, but okay. I thought just, I thought Darius Rucker was Hootie. Well, yeah, everyone says that because, but like, because now, yeah, but really, I I guess uh, actually, Hootie and the Blowfish was just. It was just some dumb name they thought of. Okay. Because a lot of bands <laughs> just seem to come from, like, dumb. Like, what is Foo Fighters? I don't know. I don't know. Thank, oh, I mean, that's different, Thank though. God for Dave Grohl, because ever since he started fighting Foo, I've never seen Foo. So. Yeah. Touche. Have you seen Foo around recently? No. Thank Dave Grohl. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, Nirvana, I don't even know where that came from. Nirvana is the, um, the Buddhist word of... Uh, Enlightenment. Yeah, enlightenment, inner peace. Yeah, yeah. But Nirvana is the, you know, the final form. It's where you reach. Right, right. Uh, But it was just one of those things where, like, the name didn't matter. Like, I don't know. What about um, 
So you said you really like Jagged Little Pill, though. Yeah. It's written about that dude from Full House. What? The one, the ones, uh, um, you Can ought I to have know. one of them, um, Fitzgeralds? Yeah, you just have to find a bottle opener. All right, well. <clears throat> it's, um, she's never actually said. I've had this many times. I'd never known. That never it was known. an actual ship? Yeah. Um, I actually she, only have chapstick in my pocket. Give me one second. <laughs> well, Alanis Moore said, his, she's never actually said who you ought to know is written about. But at the time, she was like 19, and she was dating um, the one guy from Full House. Not Uncle Jesse and not Bob Saget. Who was the other one? Charlie Murphy. And it wasn't Charlie Murphy. Charlie Sheen. It wasn't Charlie Sheen. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. God damn it. Uh, she was actually she was like seeing him at the time. and he was John like, Stamos? No, it was Stamos. Not being a dickhead, but. Stamos was Uncle Jesse. I'm talking okay, about the other okay. guy. I don't remember. Oh, God. Anyway, he... But she she's never said it. But he said that like there are things in that song that he he like heard um, that he could relate to himself because they actually were seeing each other even though he was like in his mid thirties and she was like nineteen at the time because what Lance Morissette was like twenty when Jagged Little Pill came out. Really? Yeah, she was super young. I always figured she was like my age now. No, no, no. Twenty eight, twenty nine. Well, see, that's what I thought too. Uh, I was, no, she was like twenty when it came out. Just like. When Third Eye Blind came out with uh, their first album, I would always like, man, what'd they do to you? To What girl, because you listen to their first album, and a lot of it's about like unrequited love and stuff. I'm like, man, what girl broke your heart when you were 23? And then you find <laughs> yeah. out he was like 28 years old when he wrote the album. I'm like, damn, okay. So you were older than me, because I really got big into Third Eye Blind whenever I was chasing some girl, and I fucking heard um, Never Let You Go. I was in a Spud's which is a restaurant in Cal U. It's a burger place. And we were in there, and they were listening to it. I'm like, who the fuck writes this song? Because I really dig it. And then I, you know, would use that album to cry over for fucking years because I'm yeah. a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, similar, but kind of off topic, but uh, a buddy of mine, um, we actually uh, had a quite intoxicated night, and um, we were listening to, like, early 2000s into... You know, like 2005 at the latest. Uh, kind of that emo phase. Like, 90s into there. And Jim, <laughs> excuse me for using that name. But he said, dude, what the fuck happened to these kids? And I was like, you mean like, what happened to them? As in like, where did they go? He's like, no. He's like, what the fuck happened to them? To them writing this kind of music. You know what I mean? Like, we even look something at- emotionally... <clears throat> happen to them for them to write this type of music i mean jimmy eats world is like one of the first emo bands and jimmy's world was doing shit like you know late 90s and jimmy jimmy world even wrote shit which which surprised me like pain the mm-hmm. song by jimmy eat world like he talks about doing pills then you know what i mean and that was like holy fuck is this the forefront of the opioid addiction you know what i mean like i never really heard about that until then you know and I seen it happen afterwards. Like, imagine, like, a figure eight, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like I seen, like, here's Jimmy Eat World in the middle of it, and then, like, here's the outside of it. Here we are now, what, 20 years later. And I mean, it's, it's insane to see, but, like, I'd never seen, never seen shit like that happen. Lead America was just such a great album by them. Oh, <sighs> dude. Like, I wish, I wish we could go back. Um, 
most people don't pick up on those things. Like, uh, everybody, like you said, chunks of the 90s into something that was, it was just a like, whole decade. Yeah, well, I'm, but they do that with every year. It's like, if I'm like, hey, do you want some like early 2000s shit? Like, I could mean, well, no, I couldn't because if I said you want some, some early 2000s stuff, you'd expect like more of that pop or like the alternative rock. If, but if I threw on Disturbed, I wouldn't be wrong. Whereas 90s, it's kind of all like, aside from metal and rap, everything else is 90s. Metal and rap are like the only thing that are not, but. But you, at the same time, though, you have like, hey, this is '90s rap. This is what rap was like for a whole is decade. That, is that? Excuse me for the term, but is that racist? What? You know what I mean? Excluding rap and metal? Yeah. No. How do you see? That's that's what bugs me. Like I tell everybody who asks me about our podcast, like, look, dude, we're not trying to be biased. Um, for instance, we just had a comment on one of our YouTube videos for exclusive albums. And uh, they talked about Faith No More. Uh, he's like, I feel like that was one of the best uh, exclusive albums. Um, but he said, like, I don't know if we could classify that as metal. Like, I felt bad about that. Like, I'm not trying to be like a, hey, dude, we love metal, we love rock. But I like, love no, I love I hate I, I love '90s rap. I love metal, I, and I love music from the the '90s, but. If you're th- if you're like, hey, do you want to listen to a '90s music? I'm like, yeah, throw some on. And you're like, yeah, here's Megadeth. I'm like, well, that's not really what I thought you meant. Yes. You know, or if you're like, yeah, here's some fucking Naughty by Nature. I'm like, all okay. right, close, but not okay. not really what I thought. I thought I thought you're gonna you know throw on some like I don't know some Weezer. Can you just like put the sweater song on or some shit? Yeah. Well, see, I meant like biases and like you know, there's a lot of genres going on. And it's like everything's in the mainstream media eye. It's like, hey, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, 90s, 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 NSYNC, fucking Backstreet Boys. You know, that's that's where your mind goes to when mainstream media comes about. But like you said, Weezer, for instance, you know what I mean? Um, You've got bands like fucking Naughty by Nature. You got bands like, you know, uh, was... uh, Wu-Tang still doing shit then? Wu-Tang started in the 90s. Yes, 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 yes. So you got like ODB <clears throat> still doing shit. Like, ODB was nothing but a hype man, but he was the best fucking hype man. Hype he man. was so fucking good. Because he would just come and be like, ah, Wu-Tang. Like, okay. He was the original Lil John. He was the original Waka Flocka. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Waka Flocka isn't a rapper. He's just a hype man. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Those those were nine. Um, one of the other, I guess. God, I don't even know where I'm trying to go with this. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I threw you off topic there, but I didn't mean to derail you. But I'm just saying, like, there's there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the '90s. You know well, what '90s mean? saw the big things in the '90s were um, metal got away from being hair metal, pop stopped being Michael J- pop. Got dethroned at the top of the charts because you had bands like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, the grunge scene really kicked them off, and then punk rock had a big resurgence because Green Day made Dookie. Yeah, yeah, and that what started pop punk in my opinion. That that's where pop punk started to come out, and that was you had even in the late nineties, um, that skater punk sound too. You had bands like uh, Goldfinger. You had the ska punk sound. Was then led into like bands like Sum Forty One and shit yes, like that. Yes, it was. It was in the late nineties. You had those bands like Goldfinger, uh, Real Big Fish, 
Real Big Fish is still classified to this day as ska. And then they had that ska punk sound, but you had bands like um, the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Yeah, and they're what, in everybody's eyes, ruined ska. The because, Mighty Mighty Boston's mm-hmm. were why? Uh, they they were the first ska. If band. any band ruined ska, it was no doubt because people were like, "Hey, what ska?" You're like, "No doubt." No, 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 no Which doubt. I, I love no doubt. No so. doubt's really good. Don't get me wrong, but uh, the Mighty Buddy Boston's were like one of the first bands to actually go mainstream with their music. Um, okay, and it was Muddy Buddy Boston's with um, the feeling that I get, uh, and that came out on the Digimon soundtrack. I was gonna say, wasn't that on like the Digimon movie yeah. soundtrack? Yeah, yeah, and that really <laughs> kind of brought the public eye to uh, ska music. You know what I mean? I took... and then they were considered sellouts after that. You know what I mean? But that opened up. <sighs> you can say a band sold out, but they usually open doors for a lot of other bands. That's what I think. That's what I think. Uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, like going on to, you know, <laughs> Owen three sixteen and going to biblical references like there was sacrifice. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, they I, they like you said, open eyes to a lot of other things. They bring a lot of attention to other. Whenever bands go mainstream, so to speak, they bring a lot of um, attention because. At one time, you could go to Seattle, and you'd be like, all right, uh, there's a bar Nirvana's playing, and then across the street, there's another shitty bar where you can smoke inside, and Pearl Jam's playing. Down the street, Soundgarden's playing, and then at this hole in the wall over here, you have, you know, um, Alice in Chains. And all because Nirvana got big is people were like, hey, we have to find that Seattle sound. Let's go to Seattle and sign all these bands up. It was all because Nirvana got big. Nirvana became the biggest band in the world with one song. And then all these producers went to Seattle and were like, hey, we need to find the next fucking Nirvana. But then from the underside, uh, you you got bands like Real Big Fish. Um, You know, that ska punk, if you will. But starting out as ska, like they're still a punk band who had um, brass instruments that most people never see it's well it's even like um smash mouth their first album had a lot of ska chords and they were really they weren't they weren't the smash mouth you think of and then their second album they were like let's just be a pop band and fucking write all-star well if you look up the timeline look up mighty mighty boston's and then look up um smash mouth and see where they came from. You know what I mean? Smash Mouth was, they became big in like 98, whenever they had All-Star, 98 or 99, something like that. But their first album um, came out in like 96. Okay. Well, I could <laughs> I could be wrong on that, but I feel like maybe the Money Money Boston's might have been a big influence. Um, like I said, I've been wrong once before. George Kalini showed me that. Um, I, I may, it's possible, but, uh, Real Big Fish got huge when they had, um, Sell Out. That was their only hit song they've ever had. Are you kidding? Are you serious? That's the only hit song they've ever, they actually, their greatest hits album is called Our Greatest Hit and More. Really? Yeah, but it was. Because I've always loved their song, Beer. They, te- well, uh, you'll see the thing too, where people are like, hey, don't buy this album because it's just put out by the record company. It's not actually put out by the band. So don't support this album. But their greatest Hits album is called Our Greatest Hit and More. Because they only had one hit song. <laughs> so as in Even like, then they covered Take hit On song, Me. Hit song, you mean like on the Billboard wise? Yeah, like the Billboard like top okay, 100. Okay, okay, okay. Or some shit, I don't know. No, like fan wise. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Because it doesn't say like... 
like Jimi Hendrix only had one hit song on the Billboard charts. Yeah. For instance, like my Snapchat story two days ago was I'm Drunk Again by fucking uh, Real Big Fish. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's amazing. You know, it, it starts out and the guy's like playing a fucking acoustic guitar and he's like, all right, maybe you should sing this one. And the guy's like, ha! and then he just comes in. It's all pretty. You know, they were, um, they were the start of something big. Like you said, like Goldfinger, you know what I mean? Goldfinger, Goldfinger was another big really one. got their big hit with, uh, the nineties. Tony Hawk Pro Skater, you know what I mean? Well, that's what I mean. Everybody whenever, knows that song. Whenever people are like, okay, can you, uh, how would you, if you had to define the 90s by, I'd be like, just listen to like, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack. That'll yeah. give you a feel for like what the 90s were like. How would you define the 90s? And it's literally just uh, Superman by Goldfinger, you know? It's like a guy fucking kick flipping, or kick flipping over top of a taxi cab. How do, you, how do you define that? You know what I mean? And then um, with that came, like, you know, the cover of 99 Red Balloons. Like, everybody knew that song. And that was a Goldfinger cover. It was super big. Um, real big fish, like I said. Uh, pretty big. Um, Less Than Jake got a huge start on Less that, Less Than too. Jake got really big. Um, and No Effects. Um, no Effects, huge. Rancid. Yeah. And Rancid, okay, when you say ska punk, that's what I think. Rancid. I'm sorry that every fucking song sounds like Riot. I mean, if you're like, if every time I hear a Rancid song, I'm like, that sounds like Riot. I don't know. Fall back down. I'm talking after they made the song Riot. Every song after that sounds like Riot to me. Okay, okay. See, so, like fall back down sounds pretty. <laughs> Oy. I never thought about that. <laughs> Every song sounds like Riot after you. Wow. <laughs> I named my dog after a rancid song, so. Ruby, 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 Ruby. So my my wow. my dog's full name is Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho, but we just call her Ruby for short. <laughs> <laughs> for short, thank God. Yeah, but I I actually I mean to be getting her dog tag printed where it says Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho. Is it going to be an extra long dog tag? It's going to have to be. Yeah. <laughs> or, it's yeah gonna, really or it's going to be two tags where it's like R-U dash next dog tag B-Y Ruby Ruby Soho. I would I would like to see that in person. I'm <laughs> sure that could get big on the internet. This is my dog's full name. Dude, we, we, we trail off quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's understandable. Um, What is it like... So if I said 90s alternative, what's the band that comes to mind for you? If I said, name me a 90s alternative band. Uh, Goo Goo Dolls. Fucking love Goo Goo Dolls. That's first. If it's not Goo Goo Dolls, I would say Matchbox 20. Oh, man. I think everyone has a fucking copy of um, You or Someone Like You. Yeah. The Mat- I think every white person. I could be saying it right now. They're like, no, I don't have that Matchbox 20 out. Yourself, what is it? Yourself or Someone Like You? With the big guy on the cover with the glasses. Every white... fucking, like... Yeah, he has, like, a leather helmet. Yeah. Yeah, I could say that right now, and somebody's probably like, I don't have that in my house, and they're gonna go and, like, open up, like, their junk drawer and be like, holy shit. (laughs) I've been down to the bottom. Oh, I love Matchbox 20. Oh, they're amazing. I would go see them in concert. I mean, they they don't really tour much anymore, because they're not... They're kind of not a band anymore. They just kind of do a few shows a year. Uh... 
Was it Rob Halford? Is it the Rob Halford Santana yes. featuring Rob Halford from Matchbox Twenty yeah. for the platinum selling? I'd much rather be listening to the Smooth by Santana <laughs> featuring Rob Halford off the platinum selling or from the number one hits. The number one hits. Wow, God, I don't remember it now. It's like a big thing. We are a mess. We apologize. Number one sell Smooth featuring Rob Halford and Matchbox. Yeah. I'm sure somebody gets work on, but wait, no. That's... Did you throw your phone on the ground because somebody's? Calling yeah, I you? got mad. I don't think that. Maybe it's not right. Maybe I just fucking. Are you using swipe? Yeah. Okay. I always use swipe. That leads me to believe. Um, Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas. Yeah. Rob Halford. Who he, the fuck was Judas Rob Priest. Halford? Judas, Judas Priest. Priest. That's why I went in my head. I'm like, wait a minute. He's the lead singer of Judas Priest. So that's why you stutter step there. You're yeah. Like, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Something's not up. Yeah. My Kenny senses are tingling. Yeah. One of these guys likes men. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Thomas is a ladies' man. Okay. Oh shit. Yeah. Rob Halford boy. is a man's man. You're right. Man, dragon man. So, do you feel? I don't know. How do you? How do you go about with like? You know, the Spice Girls and the Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and the pop scene. It was that, a big deal. The pop scene is what I listen to now as an adult when I want to get up where I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, hit me one more time. Like, you know, that. that. But then the other stuff, like the Weezer in the Jimmy Eat world and even Matchbox 20, that's what hits me in the feels. Well, how do you feel that, you know. Like the, Bright Lights by fucking Matchbox 20, that one hits me in the feels every time I hear it. How do you feel like the Britney Spears and the Christina Aguilera like came about? You know what I mean? Like obviously they they pushed. You know what I mean? They're they the ones they, that they came were, to the forefront. They were pushed, but like that's the time too. Whenever you could go to like the fucking, you know, you could go to like a big mall. Like you go to Eastwood Mall, they're like, yeah, this Britney Spears girl is gonna be singing. That's what the nineties were like. It was like, yeah, we're just gonna have this girl singing there. We were talking about wrestling. Or the very the very first episode of WCW Nitro took place live from the Mall of America in Minnesota. They really? literally just put a wrestling ring in the middle of the mall. And we're like, all right, these people are gonna come, Hulk Hogan's gonna come by. He's gonna wrestle a match, like, because back then, like, you promoted all your shit through malls. <clears throat> so that was at a time where it was like, hey, Christina Aguilera, we're gonna like put her at the fucking gallery in Pittsburgh, the mills, you know, the mall. She's gonna go sing in the mall. Britney mm. Spears. Jesus singing them all. Maybe like not promoting so much musical talent, but uh, with Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears. Um, Spice Girls. Spice Girls are all British. And yeah, I was going to say <clears throat> Spice Girls, but excuse me, I had to had to pass a lot gas of those, there. But. A lot of those bands too got their exposure being on MTV because MTV used to be like, hey, we're going to have fresh music videos every day. And then you'd see these fucking girls dancing and singing and stuff. You'd see like, well, I guess Ricky Martin didn't come out like the 2000s, but it was like... That's what I was going to say. You music videos, and people would be like, oh my god, I love that music video. What you, cool what you see with Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera with the Spice Girls, you've seen them promoting sex. Right. Like, which is fucked up to think about, but that's literally what you're promoting. I like, mean... The, aside from musical talent, hey, here's a young girl promoting Hit Me Baby One More Time, for instance. You yeah, know she's I mean? dressed in like the schoolgirl outfit and shit. Schoolgirl outfit, she's got a... And uh, then uh, a schoolgirl uh, skirt with the plaid. Oops, everything. I did it again. Took place 
on like Mars, but she was wearing like that skin tight red outfit. Skin tight red latex outfit. Yeah. Yes. And then it come out to what two thousand one? Probably something like that. And um. God, do you remember fucking hit clips? Yeah. Jesus Christ. They I were just... a big deal. Okay. And oh, this is one God. thing that we're passing up when we're talking about the nineties in general. Like you said, MTV. Um, this is when the Walkman. Like the Walkman, CD players were Portable super fucking huge. But MTV, okay, this is the start of all of this shit. This is where um, Carson Daly got fucking huge. You know what I mean? Um, what was it? Uh, TRL. Uh, T- Total Request Lot TRL. Yeah, TRL Live. Live. You know what I mean? Um, that was the big deal. Like, what do you do as you're a kid? Like, and they were, like, in the MTV studios in, like, New York and Times Square, and they're like, yeah, we're going to have this band on later, and we're going to be right fucking, like, they had the windows you could see Everybody's freaking out. You, you look at the outsides. It would be, like, over here. If we could just turn the camera around, and you guys could see the amount of fucking fans that we have out here that we have to shove away every single Sunday that we're recording, you guys would be appalled. Like, why don't you guys let one of them in? Because we don't have the room, okay? That's the issue. And now... We understand how Carson Daly felt, you know what I mean? But it was a big deal, dude. Everybody wanted to be there. And do you make exclusive uh, exclusivity? Is, is that even a word? <laughs> you know, do you make that right. part of your your uh, your broadcast there? I would really like to see them, like, try and do that. Like, re- try and recreate that. Be- like, maybe not necessarily have to work, but, like... Because I remember watching Total Request Live, you know, 2005 and stuff where, like, you only have, like, 30 people in the studio. And they're like, yeah, we have Fallout Boy here. Yeah. Now, I would love to see that again to for them to, like, maybe do something where they feature bands on, like, a weekly podcast or something. Well, let's go back to, like, you know, 98, 99 when Eminem got fucking huge. You know, he even made songs about it. Said, right. uh And And... The the thing with the rap music in that time that was um It was it was not you, the forte. Nobody wanted to talk about rap. Well you nobody. Had, well, that's because rap was considered vulgar and you had the East Coast, West Coast, and there was a lot is of Is that is that why it was, was considered vulgar? Of, in my personal opinion, rap music back then, like okay, let's let's branch back to like fucking nine years ago. You what, had the whole Rodney King thing happen in fucking the eighties, you know what I mean? Like this is whole this white black thing it's going what, on. It's just what they it was what they were talking about in their message because you had ban- you had that gangster rap scene that emerged, and then you had bands like Public Enemy that were kind of like pushing it to a limit. Like, hey, Public you have Enemy to- they they pushed the the fuck the police like that was NWA. NWA did the fuck the police stuff. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <clears throat> but they it was just that vulgar. Like, literally one of uh, NWA's albums is called. Pardon me for saying this, but it's called Niggas for Life. Yeah. Like, it's it's just, it's saying, <clears throat> like, it was just that, that vulgar, like, hey, we're going to swear and we're going to talk about, like, there's an NWA song where they talk about robbing a bank. Um, there's a Nos, whenever he came out in, like, 96, he had a, a song where he was talking about, like, murdering and stuff like that. And it was just, like, those themes. It was the same... Rap was kicked back for the same reason that metal was. It was those themes they have in their music. The, the, about talking about violence and, you know, sex and doing drugs. And, like, Ice, um, Ice Cube, like, Good Day, like, the song Good Day, like, he talks about, like, you know, he's like, all right, I'm going to, you know, woke up. There's no smog. I'm going to do, you know, get high. Um, Easy E talked about getting high and shit. 
Can but you talk- if you go back to NWA, you can literally like trace Dr. Dre saying like, I don't smoke weed. Like, they talk about not getting high, not doing drugs. Right, but his first album was called The, the Chronic. Yeah, so. exactly. Like, what I'm saying is, like, I felt like they did that shit for the public eye. Like, once they realized, like, well, fuck it, people it, it like brought what an we're eye talking to, about. It brought an eye to them because people were like, oh, shit, this band's thinking about this shit. So this is, like, what, like, late 80s, like, 91, <clears throat> 90? 91 was when Strata Compton came out. Yeah. And, uh, Pardon, Niggas for Life came out in, like, 93. Yeah, <laughs> which is NWA, you know. Well, that's that would be niggas with attitude. Yeah, you know, and that's it's 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 hard to say, but like, oh, you listen to NWA? Like, yeah, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, white boys be over I, there, I like apolog- grinning. Like, I apologize saying the N word on the air, but that's just that's <laughs> no, what it's called. So I, I'm I'm not gonna be like. There's no Ooh. apologies here. Okay, <clears throat> there's no racistness. Nothing. Um, we all know what it means. Um. So no, no disclosure, no, no hard feelings, but that's, that's what it, in my personal opinion, what the, the white folk back then were like, ah, did they just say the N word? Yeah. Stuff like Which, that. But with rap music too, in the, in the nineties, it was, it got violent and it was after Biggie got killed that they were like, Hey man, like we need to cut this shit out. Cause like people were, cause Pac died first. Pac was only like 26 when he died too. He's still alive. But then Biggie got killed like six months later. He was doing a tour of the West Coast he didn't want to do because he's like, I'm going to die out here. Well, he even said like in an interview, he's like, he's like, once Pac got killed, it's like, man, this is real. Like this East Coast, West Coast beef stuff, like it's real. Which is really weird because if you listen to other um, East Coast rappers, they're not that violent. Like a Tribe Called Quest is all like, they're all like, peace, you know, chill Tribe Called Quest is like chill, like... Hey man, like <clears throat> I'm just gonna sing about some stuff that's real to me. Like you know, I'm not gonna talk about murder or anything. But then it, it got real, and with Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, the, the whole gangster rap scene out west, and I don't I, know. I feel like Nas was a little bit, but not so much. And then Jay Z, it all calmed down, and then Jay Z came about, and East Coast West Coast isn't a beef anymore. It's just you know. I don't know where the whole beef started, but I do know, like... It's because I fucked your bitch, <laughs> fat motherfucker. <laughs> you fat motherfucker. West side. I feel like... <clears throat> I don't know, dude. I feel <clears throat> like a lot of this, like Be- I said, like, sim from the whole Rodney King thing. Like, Be- this was, like, the whole black rights pushing for, like, to be considered people. The whole... Movement, the whole- you know what I mean? And a lot of white people held rap music down. For instance, like, a band coming out named niggas with attitude like most white people are going to be like i'm not listening to that they have the n-word in that well you saying the the n-word is literally you putting that word into my head like you're not saying it but you're literally putting the n-word into my head i know what that means when it comes into my head when you say the n-word like i know what that means you know what i mean the whole so they just came out with it they're like niggas with attitude they're like, damn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they were vulgar as fuck, but they were not vulgar to the point where they're like, hey, they weren't. They you weren't, guys should go grab a fucking pistol and shoot up. They your weren't vulgar schools. for being the point of being vulgar. They weren't. They weren't vulgar just to be vulgar. No, like a mere, not at all. But they wanted look, to be pushed out there just a tad bit. Right. They wanted people to notice them. You look at like a band like a mirror. Like their last album, they had a song that was like, "Bring a gun to school." They were literally just being vulgar to be vulgar. Yeah. 
That's what it was. But if you go NWA back, NWA was there just to like catch your attention enough that you listen. But okay, Amir is not around during this time. Okay, bring a gun to they school. Don't, they don't. They don't I come out it. for another thirty years. We're, yes, we're, we're beyond that. Okay, NWA. If you go back and you actually watch the movie that they came out with, uh, straight out of Compton, you know what I mean? They're standing outside, and this is like documented, real deal shit that happened. Standing outside of the recording studio taking a smoke break and they got slammed down on the ground and damn near arrested just for standing outside. Well, what happened? Oh, well, you guys are a bunch of black guys standing outside. That you know, was, we that, thought maybe you guys were selling crack. That was LA in the nineties. Exactly. That's, that's fucked up. Like. And that's where I feel like, you know, uh, bands like NWA and, uh, you know, bone thugs and harmony. Like they all kind of pushed the dog rap. pound. Yes. They kind of pushed rap. You out have there. to thank Dr. Dre for a lot of that because Dr. Dre was like, if it weren't if for you D- listen, if you listen to the Chronic, Dr. Dre kind of sucks on the Chronic. What makes it album so good is the Dog Pound. He he was Do- and he found Snoop Dogg, Nate Dogg, everyone in the Dog Pound, and then he also found Eminem. Was Emin- he Eminem you know, really perhaps had- like the whole reason that uh, Tupac got shot? You know what I mean. No, Tupac, that was a Crips and Bloods kind of thing. Um, the whole East Coast, West Coast kind of started because, like, Biggie and Pac used to be tight. Yeah. But then fucking Pac got shot in the studio and he blamed Biggie for it. And then he fucked Biggie's wife. And then he wrote that song where he's like, that's why I fucked your wife, fat motherfucker. What's was Lil' Kim really anybody's wife? No, but Lil' no, Kim... No, man, she was married to the game. Basically, Lil' Kim is... Um, very influential because Nicki Minaj became a knockoff Lil Kim, yes. and then Cardi B became a Thank knockoff you. Nicki Minaj, who in turn is just a knockoff Lil Kim. And there Lil are, Kim's the OG. There are a lot of people right now who don't understand that. They're like, "Yo, this is new. This is new." They're this like, "Yo, new. Cardi B." I'm like, "Nah, dude. Nicki Minaj is doing this 25." Let's years take it ago. back to like what 88, 89, Salt and Pepper when those motherfuckers came out. Like, it, everybody knows the song. Push it, okay. Push it, okay. P- push it real good. Push it. Everybody knows that song. I don't care. White people love that song. I don't care if you were born in 2012. Like you know that song, dude. It's just like, hey, what happened? Oh, nothing. I was sitting on an elevator, and then somebody said, "Push it." So I pressed three, and that. Was- Turns out it was the floor I was going to. You know what I mean? You could just picture it in everyday life. You know what I mean? Like, like for instance, you know, on an I was thinking it works like sometimes. Said, like, you're sitting there, you're walking in the elevator, you're looking at all the numbers, where do I need to go? And it's, push it. And while you're going up to your next floor, that's what's going on you know what i mean but they were the start of the hey what's up we're black girls and we also sing but we rap okay so aside from salt and pepper from there you had peppa. bands like excuse me peppa you had bands like um like tlc you know what i mean tlc was really i mean they like came out in the they, 90s they so. came out in the 90s and, and waterfalls is like one of those you wouldn't have beyonce if you didn't have tlc Beyonce wasn't in TLC. She was in Destiny's. Excuse me. She was in Destiny's. Destiny's Child. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. Yo, my bad. My bad. Yeah. Because they, so. they even had a game show where they were going to get the new uh, member for TLC after uh, Lisa Left Eye died. And that 
mission trip or whatever she was doing over in Colombia. It was somewhere in South America. The vehicle she was in rolled over and she died. <clears throat> yeah, Beyonce was Destiny's Child. Yes. But uh, TLC, they were huge for like that pop scene at the time. And, and you know, even, even someone who was, oh God, like uh, Mariah Carey was big in the 90s too. And talk about someone who's aged well. That bitch don't look like a day over 25 and she's like in her 50s. Yeah. True, true. Whitney Houston was really big in the nineties too. True. But she you everyone can't. remembers everyone remembers Whitney Houston for um I Will Always Love You, but that's just a Dolly Parton cover, that's all it is. But she made she took and she kinda made it her own the way that mm-hmm. uh nine inch- same way Celine <clears throat> Dion did the uh Titanic theme. That was not his original song. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> saying like Johnny well Johnny Cash took Hurt by Nine Inch Now and he made that his own. Yeah. I mean, I prefer the Nine Inch Nails version. I never really the, heard uh, the Johnny Cash hurt until way later. Would it even come out? Oh God, it came. He Late died. 2000. No, he died in like 2005, and he released that album like six months before he died. So it was just covers. Yeah, it would have been like 2004 because he did a cover of a. He did a cover of that. He did a cover of Rusty Cage by Soundgarden. He did all kinds of covers Jesus on that album. Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I had to burp. <clears throat> You've had a long day. Yeah, it's all right. But no, I Johnny Cash covering Hurt is not something that I think about when I think about 90s. No, no, but if you look, that was, it was a Nine Inch Nails cover, and Nine Inch Nails were one of those first, like, industrial-type bands with songs like Head Like a Hole. Like, that is 90s industrial to me. Them okay. and the stuff that Fear Factory was doing at the time, like, that's what industrial sounds like. That Romstein, that's what industrial sounds like. Romstein became... Big at the end of the 90s or early 2000s when they had Duhost and shit like that. See, I was hoping you were going to follow <clears throat> suit there on the trend. I, I, I pick up what you're going on with over here, but I meant like, you know, with Destiny's Child and um, TLC, like uh, Salt and Peppa, like you had like like you had solo those, artists you that kind of popped off. Those... That's where you had like Aaliyah. And from Aaliyah, okay, you got this female lead who is like fe- this sexy kind of dress scantily clad. And then these rappers kind of picked up on that. Like Ja Rule, for instance, kind of picked up on those. You um, had these uh, groups and stuff that where people broke off. Like you look at um, NWA, everyone from NWA. Like the three biggest members of NWA, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, Easy e They all had phenomenal careers after they left. Uh, Destiny's Child, you had Beyonce. Um, God, who the fuck? Oh, like even like... Uh, and Sank had fucking Justin Timberlake. Yeah. You you had that one talented member who once the band broke up, he's like, oh, I'm going to go do my... Hootie and the Blowfish, you had fucking Darius Rucker, who's like, I'm country now. And you're like, what? But he, he still came a, back. He's still touring with Hootie. I want to go see Hootie, so... Mm-hmm. The, the 90s were just... I don't know. How do you feel about that, though? Like That was that. The that was the big like, thing there. That was, was the, that, that pop scene. I don't know. Like, that kind of rap singing combo. There. It was like a hodgepodge for music that was the 90s. Yeah. Because with that, that that came about the... Um, I don't even know if I would say that came about then. Like, maybe it was happening in the background at the same time. But that's when, like, NSYNC and fucking... Uh, you know, uh, Backstreet, Backstreet Boys, Boys happened. Ninety-eight degrees. Ninety-eight degrees. You even had like 
going back just a little bit five further. Seconds of, no, five seconds of summer didn't come to it later. If you're if, if we're talking about like uh you know Aaliyah and TLC, we're talking about like you know the black community coming into the music here. You had bands like Boys to Men. You know what I mean? I remember they're coming in uh way before um boy bands were a boy, big deal. Boys to Men, like um down on a bended knee by uh you know boys and men like amazing if you wanted to make love to a woman like go listen to boys and men and tell me your wife don't get pregnant like, nah dude i'll be your crying shoulder that's that's the song uh, just you so know that, what i mean though and kane you feel where i'm coming yeah, from yeah no i understand boys to men that was r&b that was soul <clears throat> then you know what i mean and this stemmed from you know 80s music in and I don't know, dude. I love I love the black community and their vibe on music. You know what I mean? Like they're like, hey, y'all. Well, they got that soul music. Exactly, dude. Like I don't know. I love the touches your soul. I love the combination that it's come into today. Like, but I don't know, man. Just listen to the old shit. Like everybody's always like, yo, man, go listen to blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Like everybody says, hey, man. Go listen to Barry White and tell me you don't want to make love. Oh, to my God. Let's go listen to Marvin Gaye for 10 minutes. Yes. You know, but like that was some soul shit, but that was not the popular deal. Like that was good, actual technical singing. Right. Aside, I mean, if you go back and you listen to the instrumentals who played for Marvin Gaye, who played for Barry White, shit like that, the thing that was the 90s was sex, man. Sex sells. Yeah, it does. You're I right. would say if that were a staple, what do you think of when you think of the '90s? I think of sex. What do you think of uh, blonde white chicks? I think in of short fucking. skirts. Yeah, I think of fucking white bitches. Like that's fucked up, but that's literally what they tried to push on America there. Yeah, and now everybody's bitching like, oh yeah, oh she was fourteen, but. She told me she was 18. Well, go back fucking 20 years and tell me, you know, like, this guy was growing up. He was, like, you know, nine, eight years old. Like, he thought this was the norm. Right. You know? It's, I'm not trying to get political here. I'm not trying to get into that kind of debate. Epstein didn't kill himself. Exactly. (laughs) Epstein did not kill himself. That's all we're trying to say. (laughs) No, I understand. Like there was a, there was a huge sex appeal to music in the nineties. It was it it's, was about uh, fucking chicks showing off their midriff and fucking. You had that thing where they had they were the thongs that came up to like their sides. Cisco, bro. Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 They would do like that stuff. So. I don't know. It's weird. Nineties um, pop music, I guess. Aside from nineties music, nineties pop music really brought forth. Um, something aside from musical talent, right? They brought the eye. It was more. It was. It was like I always said about metal. Metal is a. It's a pageantry. It's about who can look more hardcore. Whereas pop music, it's like, hey, let me do all these dance moves while I'm fucking singing. But like, okay, in in comparison, there, right there, what you just said, okay, metal is it's a pageantry. Like, hey, who can look more hardcore? Let's wear corpse paint and fucking spikes. Nineties music. Hey, can look. Who can look more slutty? Yeah. Why did why didn't metal make it on the TV? Cause corpse paint and spikes. No, because tits and fucking thongs up their sides. Yeah, exactly. Everybody wants to see this. They don't want to. 
pay attention. Well, nineties metal to... can be characterized by cargo shorts and camo. True. Like, True. That's it. That's nineties metal. You know who you are. <laughs> We're gonna have the uh, the the red hat, like you know. I really, really, really hope. I just, if we could interview Fred Durst, dude. I'm telling you right now, my life will be complete. I'll sell my house. I don't give a shit. What are you doing? I don't know. Why are you selling house? I don't Fred know. Fred Durst, come find us, please. Please, dude. Like, look, he's from Jacksonville. Um, I he have, lived in Jacksonville. I have deep, deep roots in Jacksonville. My dad used to be a roadie for them for a second. Like, he, he he's explained to me specific detail about moving shit out to their vans and you know, I'm just Fred Durst, bro. Come on. Come on. <laughs> if only we could fly. Yeah. John Otto, take him to the Matthews Bridge. But there's another thing about the 90s, dude. I'm not trying to keep it going here. You know what I'm saying? But that is something that really came about. Uh, N- new metal kind of started in the 90s, too. Yeah. You had bands like Corn and Limbiscuit were were coming but that's where i talked about like the 90s whenever every fucking genre splintered to the point where now you're like what are smashing pumpkins uh 90s because uh, you can't it's it's hard to classify every single band so you just clump them into it you just club them in you're like 90s uh what's corn they were a metal band from the 90s ah, from the 90s don't worry if you want to be specific they're a new metal band but yeah and that's i guess and for it's people like us because because like bands like Slipknot and Corn uh, and Limp Bizkit, they all sound so different, but they're all like, yeah, they're a new metal band. I'm like, yeah, kind of. I didn't even think about like Slipknot, dude. Yeah, they came out in '99. Yeah, those were starts of shit. That is, they were just, really stemmed into. They were into... just ripping off Mushroom Head. They're like, let's all wear masks, like Mushroom. And everybody has been ripping off of Meshuggah. And everyone has been ripping off Meshuggah. And Mushroom had themselves are just kind of like, yeah, we, we saw Guar one time. We're like, let's wear masks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. For those of you who have not listened to Devin Townsend Project, go and listen to him. Because um, I do believe in the song, um, what is it, Planet of the Apes, he says, and we all like to rip off Meshuga. He says it straight up, dude. And then today, I was on my ride home. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. for no reason, this band come on, Origins, and I'm like, all right, cool, and it just sounded like, I'm like, wow, that sounds a lot like Meshuggah. Oh yeah, if you listen to like late Mush, like the stuff Meshuggah's doing now, people were like, Meshuggah's so good, Amur sucks. Well, you go listen to Amur, they're basically doing the same thing. Yeah. Like Meshuggah just did it twelve years ago. They they they've done yeah they done it before so. I I I don't know man it's weird to it's weird to talk about shit that we haven't yet I guess you know because there's there's this big side where we, have we to, come like, from visit everything though because everything we... and like you know I'm sitting here thinking I'm like dude Kenny what are we gonna fucking talk about now it's like wow there's a lot we could talk about you know what I mean like we haven't even touched on sixties nothing like. Anything the fuck aside are the 60s? from the shit that we've actually talked the fuck about, are the Beatles. We yeah, we didn't even, you know, big, massive. <laughs> uh, you ever heard Puff the Magic Dragon? Jesus. Yeah. The other like, speaking of Puff, we didn't even talk on P Diddy. You know what I mean? The whole reason 
that fucking Tupac got shot. You know what I mean? We even oh, talked about that. Puffy, Puff Daddy. Uh, what is the fuck? It's Sean Combs. Sean Combs. You know why P. Diddy's kids Yeah, I knew you were going for the nice fucking hair? joke as soon as I said <laughs> Sean Combs. Oh, man. I knew you were. Shout out Scott McFerrin. Yeah. For these, uh, those of you guys who've never heard the joke, I just got to say it just because, I mean, here we are. But why do P. Diddy's kids have such nice hair? Because Sean Combs. Because Sean Combs. All right. I Amazing. Think, I think we're about. That's a good ending note there. Yeah. All right, dude. Hey man, listen. Um, I I apologize for the two week notice here, guys. We realize now, um, at least I do. Uh, life gets in the way a lot. As much as we want to produce content every week, there's a chance that we just might need a chill factor. You know what I mean? And uh, just I don't know. I just feel bad that merch will be out soon. <laughs> We've been buyer bragging, stuff. We've been bragging that for a long time now, but I actually have taken the initiative and merch is being made, so we, we should be good here. We're doing it. Yeah, we should be good here about a week. Yeah, Kenny says I, as if we're not a team. We are a team, but I literally was just like drunk on it. I was like, I'm ordering these t-shirts. We're going to get these. It was made. like three episodes ago. You're like, I'm doing this right now. And yeah, as and as I did. As the episode <laughs> ended, you're like on there for like, how many do we need? I, was, I don't know. Like, <laughs> 30 at least. Yeah, we got like 48, but all right, we're good to go. I think my dogs are killing each other upstairs. Yeah, it's possible. They'll be okay, though. Yeah, they'll be fine. They're pibbles. All right, Michael Vick. All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. For those of you who have uh, stuck with us through what? Shit, seven months now, man. Yeah, we've known this forever. Dude, balling. Appreciate. 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 We're getting that on t-shirts next. <laughs> We're going to put a little TM. Do you if you listen to my podcast, preshi, preshi. Yes, for sure. If you have your wife deliver you a sandwich, make sure you tell her preshi, preshi. Okay? Did you tell it to your wife? If your friend gives you 5 bucks for gas because you drove him to the store, tell him preshi, preshi. You know what I mean? <laughs> have you been doing this? Yeah, dude. I'm trying to spread it around, okay? Oh, man. Real deal, though. Uh, aside from Preachy Preachy, <laughs> hit that sub button, dude. If you guys hit the subscribe button on our YouTube videos, literally, if you go to like our video, YouTube then prompts you directly afterwards. Hey, would you like to subscribe to this and add it to your subscriptions? Because you can get updated whenever they post new videos. All you have to do is hit that button. Costs you no money whatsoever. And it helps us out in the long run to help fund everything for instance t-shirts don't come free um yeah i spent a lot of money getting these t-shirts this microphones uh, these stands this table this headset uh, yeah they were not free you know what i'm saying we're 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 sounding like bitches here but i'm just saying um we can we can fund it for sure just help us out that's all It, it just helps literally you don't have to do anything just hit the subscribe button that's it yeah dude and share share our videos like our videos yeah. Uh, have your mom subscribe and just be like, Mom, just, just subscribe. And she'll be like, I don't know how the internet works. I'm like, just, just subscribe to this. Just fucking deal with it. If your mom subscribes, she'll probably share it to her Facebook and be like, These young kids said the F word on a YouTube video. You said the N word on a YouTube video. Oh, geez. No, we didn't. There was no hard R there. <laughs> there was Chill no out. hard R. Chill out. Chill we out, did the dude. A, though. I'm trying to get monetized here, not banned. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
All Next right, week we're gonna have a meeting. Yeah, we're no. gonna have a meeting of the minds, melding of the minds. But listen, um, if you guys have anything you want us to talk about, really, just dude, if there's a band you want to know about, please message one of us. And if you have a band you want to be featured, let us know. Yes, that's a big deal. Right Colin, now. where are you? Colin Thompson, I'm coming to your goddamn Thanksgiving party. All right. Everyone stay safe out there. Be cool. Like, share, subscribe, and we'll see you next week. All right, guys. Later on. Appreciate. Appreciate.